The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Let me down. believe in him verbal Keaton always said I don't believe in God but I'm afraid of him well I believe in God and the only thing that scares me is but I'm afraid of him well I believe in God and the only thing that scares me is but I'm afraid of him but I'm afraid of him you people understand the psychology of dealing with a highway traffic your normal speeder will panic and immediately go over to the line. Maybe we can cut a deal. It arouses contempt in the cop heart. Making the bastard chase him. will And as you can see, son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? deeply humbled to be with you. Eight Septembers have come and gone. Nearly 3,000 days have passed, almost one for each of those taken from us. But no turning of the seasons can diminish the pain and the loss of that day. No passage of time and no dark skies can ever dull the meaning of this moment. So on this solemn day, at this sacred hour, once more we pause, once more we pray, as a nation and as a people. In city streets where our two towers were turned to ashes and dust, in a quiet field where a plane fell from the sky, and here, where a single stone of this building is still blackened by the fires. We remember with reverence the lives we lost. We read their names. We press their photos to our hearts. And on this day that marks their death, we recall the beauty and meaning of their lives. Men and women and children of every color and every creed 
from across our nation and from more than a hundred others. They were innocent, harming no one. They went about their daily lives. Gone in a terrible instant, they now dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We honor all those who gave their lives so that others might live, and all the survivors who battled burns and wounds and helped each other rebuild their lives. Men and women who gave life to that most simple of rules. I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. We pay tribute to the service of a new generation, young Americans raised in a time of peace and plenty, who saw their nation in its hour of need and said, I choose to serve. I will do my part. And once more we grieve. For you and your families, no words can ease the ache of your heart. No deeds can fill the empty places in your homes. But on this day and all that follow, you may find solace in the memory of those you loved and know that you have the unending support of the American people. Scripture teaches us a hard truth. The mountains may fall and the earth may give way, the flesh and the heart may fail. But after all our suffering, God and grace will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So it is, so it has been for these families, so it must be for our nation. Let us renew our resolve against those who perpetrated this barbaric act and who plot against us still. In defense of our nation, we will never waver. In pursuit of Al-Qaeda and its extremist allies, we will never falter. Let us renew our commitment to all those who serve in our defense, our courageous men and women in uniform and their families and all those who protect us here at home. Mindful that the work of protecting America is never finished, we will do everything in our power to keep America safe. Let us renew the true spirit of that day, not the human capacity for evil, but the human capacity for good. Not the desire to destroy, but the impulse to save and to serve and to build. On this first national day of service and remembrance, we can summon once more that ordinary goodness of America to serve our communities, to strengthen our country, and to better our world. Most of all, on a day when others sought to sap our confidence, let us renew our common purpose. Let us remember how we came together as one nation, as one people, as Americans, united not only in our grief, but in our resolve to stand with one another, to stand up for the country we all love. This may be the greatest lesson of this day, the strongest rebuke to those who attacked us, the highest tribute to those taken from us, that such sense of purpose need not be a fleeting moment. It can be a lasting virtue. For through their own lives and through you, the loved ones that they left behind, the men and women who lost their lives eight years ago today leave a legacy that still shines brightly in the darkness. And it calls on all of us to be strong and firm and united 
That is our calling today and in all the Septembers still to come. May God bless you and comfort you. And may God bless the United States of America. Welcome, everybody, to a very somber episode of The Jackal Said today, or tonight, I should say. Of course, we're, memor we're in memory of uh, 9-11. You stop the audio there. Celebration or memorial of 9-11 today. Uh, it's been uh, almost a decade now since 9-11 took place, and just wanted to take a little time and remember those who uh, lost their lives, not only in the towers, but our soldiers who are on the front line fighting every day for uh, for our freedom and who are putting their lives on the line every single moment that they're overseas. Uh, I've actually lost friends in the war myself, so I, it's touched home. And uh, these are times that are, you know, really make you feel proud of being American. Really, it does. I know a lot of people talk about conspiracies, and you have your Alex Jones of the world, and you have all these other, you know, bullshit conspiracy people that come out and, uh, you know, try to brainwash people into thinking a lot of craziness and a lot of crazy shit. And there is a lot of crazy shit that happens behind the scenes, but... At the end of the day, you know, there are people fighting for our freedom. That is happening. That's happening currently. That's not a conspiracy. That's a fact. Uh, whether you want to believe they were over there because of oil or because of, uh, you know, hatred for, you know, for Saddam Hussein, maybe there was a grudge because of, you know, George Bush Sr. couldn't take him out the first time. So people thought that maybe we went in because of a grudge and that was the reason why we invaded Iraq right away. You know, whatever your reason may be, whatever your conspiracy might be, whether it be because you believe there's a Planet X coming and they needed to invade Iraq to find out what was there, you know, and find out some of the hidden knowledge, since Iraq used to be Samaria. And that used to be, of course, where the Sumerians were at, and that's, of course, the people who talked about Planet X. And so that's a conspiracy route you want to if you want to take that route. Whatever route you want to take, I mean, the truth of the matter is people are dying, people are overseas, losing their life, and uh, the truth of the matter is that, uh, you know, whether it be 3,000, 2,000, 1,000, however many the number was of people that died on 9-11 itself in those buildings, it's, uh, you know, one too many, and uh, it's, a, it's a, a terrible day in our country, but at the same time, it's a wonderful day in our country, because you saw something that we've never seen before in this country, and that's how everybody united. It didn't matter if you were black, it didn't matter if you were white, I think uh, Mr. E was talking about that on the show a little while ago. You know, it didn't matter what color you were, uh, what religion you were. When you had that uh, that event in 9/11, when you had those people with the the cloud over them, that you know left them in in a pancake of debris, really on top of them. You, you know, you couldn't see skin color. You just saw a human being running towards you, and you know there was a unity that really uh, bounded or binded this country together for for at least a moment in time, and it's something that. You know, sadly, I think now with uh, the fact that we do have a black president, I've been seeing a little bit of that go away in the media. I don't know if you guys have been following what's been going on uh, with President Obama and uh, the whole thing with him talking to the kids and all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's a little bit ugly. Racism is, uh, you know, popping his ugly head again. And, you know, racism, it's never going to be dead, unfortunately. It's sad that it took a tragic, tragic event like 9-11 for, you know, just that split second in time for us to all be united and be, you know, be one. It's a, it's a, it's a crying shame. 
Uh, we're going to be back shortly. I'm going to go ahead and play a song here in memory of 9-11. Uh, we'll be back with Mr. E, the stranger, who's going to come and, uh, you know, talk a little bit of uh, about his show. And uh, he's going to be actually joining the show here as uh, part of our news segment. He's going to, you know, present news in ufology every week when we do the show. Now, today we started the show a little bit late because we had a little technical difficulty uh, with the audio. There was a little problem. I don't know if I'm coming in clear now, but guys in the chat room, uh, am I coming in clear on your on your end over there? No, anybody in the chat room? We have uh, Mr. E. Seidel, Ufo Ufology Noob. Noob, can you hear me? Well, maybe there's still technical. Oh, there, no, there we go. They can hear me. All right. So we got it fixed. Perfect. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take a little break. Like I said, I want to play this song in tribute to our great country, America. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to go ahead and uh, have Mr. E, the stranger, on the show here with me. And we're going to talk a little ufology. And uh, later on, if he decides to show, we're supposed to have a guest on tonight as an interviewee, Mr. John from uh, Paranormal51.com. Now, I know you guys have heard uh, his interview over on the AZ UFO radio show with Rich. Uh, I know that uh, he didn't exactly leave a lasting impression in a positive way, to say the least. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give him a chance to redeem himself. If he decides to show up, I mean, it's completely up to him. Uh, you know, if he wants to really be in ufology, I think he, he better clear himself up now because he left a really bad impression in people's minds. And, uh, you know, everybody saw the website, paranormal51.com. Uh, you know, I don't think he wants to have an association of uh, such a bad episode with that website because he came out looking pretty shitty, uh, let's be honest. Uh, so he said he was going to join us tonight and uh, do an hour interview. I don't know if he is or not. I've been trying to reach him all day. He hasn't uh, really been uh, picking up. I don't know if he got abducted or something. Maybe they took him and uh, he's getting anally probed somewhere. A predator is sticking a light bulb up his ass. I don't know. But regardless, he's not picking up his phone today, so I don't know if he's going to make it or not. But if he does, he'll be on the last hour of the show doing a little interview with him. Uh, we've got an hour and 45 minutes. I'm going to play this tribute track. I'll be right back. Mr. E, the stranger, will be on a little bit, talking to ufology, and uh, just stick around. Uh, Jack was head here with you. God bless America. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota 
hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shore sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to L.A., where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today, cause there ain't no doubt I love this Just a real cool track, isn't it, folks? I mean, I'm not a country music myself. It, it says everything that, uh, you know, makes me, uh, you know, it says everything that I would like to say about this country. I love America. I mean, I wasn't born in this country, and I uh, enjoy the fruits of, uh, of its uh, greatness uh, just uh, by being an American citizen, and I really uh, take that to heart. I mean, uh, a lot of people take it, take it for granted, especially you hear a lot of uh, the conspiracy nuts who really like to tear down this country. You know what? Why don't you go live in Iraq for a couple of years? That's what I say to these people. Uh, you know, I've had a couple of discussions with people who have been, tell, you know, telling me, oh, the New World Order, uh, they're taking over everything, and blah, blah, blah. They, they really buy into the whole New World Order angle. Um, and it's funny because I tell them, well, why don't you go live in Iraq or live in a Middle Eastern country and see how you like there compared to here? Since, you know, a lot of people like to defend, believe it or not, the terrorists saying they were the bad guys, that, you know, 9-11 may have been an inside job and this and that. You know, the truth, whatever it may have been, whether it was an inside job or not, um, you know, we don't really know, unfortunately. We'll never really know. That's just what sucks about it. Uh, but, unfortunately, we have to move on with life. A lot of people did die tragically. Uh, but like that song says, man, we, we, you know, God bless America. America will go on. Uh, if you guys want to talk about uh, the good old America here on the show, Jack will say, dial in. Numbers 347-205-9961. I'll be joining shortly with uh, Mr. E, the stranger from uh, strangevisitors.net. Guys, check out the show uh, over there on his website. He actually put it up on the uh, site, streaming it live, which is really cool. I appreciate that, man. Uh, so we're streaming live on strangevisitors.net now also, as well as here on Block Talk. In case some of you guys don't like the chat rooms here, they have a really cool chat room over there on Strange Visitors. He'll be joining us and we talk. We'll be talking a little bit about ufology and maybe even more about uh, this subject itself. I know he was a little touched by that song that I just played. Uh, I guess it got him a little inspired on his show when he talked about the subject also of America and, you know, how it's, it's amazing how it took a tragedy like 9-11 to really bind us all together for even a split second in time. I mean, we've had racial, you know, riots. We've had racial wars. We've had 
oh, man, all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, from the women's rights movements to the black movements to, you know, presidents getting killed. There's been a lot of, like, you know, animosity, a lot of, uh, a lot of hatred over different stupid things in this country for many years that just divided us in a lot of different ways. And it's funny, it took a real big tragedy for everybody just to say, you know what, I don't care what religion you are, what color you are, you're a human being. And it's like that split second in time. We were Americans, all of us. So that was really cool, man. I mean, it's it's a shame we can't always be like that. But, you know, unfortunately, that's just life. But, you know, with all conspiracies aside, you know, if you really want this country to succeed, you got to fix certain things like trying to fix the economy. The economy can be fixed very easily. And I'll tell you how right now. If you really want to get this economy corrected, my friends, I know a lot of you out there partake in uh, smoking the ganja. Huh? Do you guys like to uh, smoke the wacky tabacky? Any of you? Hmm? Say in the chat room. I know. I know you guys are, are all into the wacky tabacky. Say, say me. If you're a little depressed, hate the wacky tabacky. Now it's funny. A lot of people want to, uh, you know, criticize potheads and people who smoke weed. But check this out. You really want to criticize? Uh, and this is kind of messed up, man. A healthcare center. Uh, for residents, for old, old patient residents, actually, for people who are paralyzed and confined to wheelchairs or their, to their beds uh, who can no longer, you know, sustain a regular day living, they are put into these kind of homes. Uh, they actually have a gentleman who was confined to his bed, and uh, he really he had no, I guess, sensation from, like, the waist down. He couldn't move his legs or walk or anything. Uh, it's been all over the news, actually. If you guys just go to CannabisCulture.com, you'll be able to find out some information on there about this. The gentleman actually had miracle marijuana, which he was allowed to smoke. It was, you know, it's uh, medical marijuana. Uh, and they actually took it away from him. And this has actually been on the news. The home that he was, you know, being taken care of took his pot away. And they took his wheelchair away because they refused to let him get to his weed so he could smoke his weed. Uh, now, it's kind of funny. They, they actually took away the guy's wheelchair. So this poor guy who can't even get out of bed, you know, and walk around because he's paralyzed and has constant pain and he smokes weed just to, like, you know, ease the pain. They took away his weed and his wheelchair, left him in bed. Now the poor man has bed sores and all kinds of crap because nobody wants to come and help him out. Check it out. The story is in CannabisCulture.com. That's a very interesting story. Now, the reason I bring that up is because if you want to, like, fix certain things like the economy, dude, you can do it so easily. Legalize weed. Wait, I'm having a little bit of an echo. i got to turn somebody's uh, mic down here on uh, Strange Visitors for a second. Hold on, folks. Somebody's coming in loud and clear. And it's Mr. Seidel. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. Sorry, I had to uh, turn you down there on my strangevisitors.net. I didn't notice that I had the background going crazy on me there. <laughs> anyway, uh, sure, we're going to be uh, joined here by Mr. E, the stranger. Like I said, he's going to... Uh, Talk a little ufology with me, and maybe later on, Paranormal 51, if you guys are tuning in to see him lose his mind again on air. He did it on AZ's UFO radio show not too long ago. Uh, lost a little bit more than just his mind on the show. Lost his credibility also. Uh, I'm giving him the chance to redeem himself. Let's see if he takes it. It's up to him. I spoke to him about doing the show. He said he wanted to do it to kind of redeem himself. Apparently, he tried calling Rich's show again, and it didn't go too well for him. I think Rich uh, knocked him off the air before he could get two words in or something. So uh, so he uh, said, hey, I'll, I'll come on the show and redeem myself. Let's see if he calls in. He said he was going to be on for the last hour to do a little interview. And like I said, uh, Mr. E, the stranger, will be on shortly. He just got wrapped up with his second show. Congratulations to Mr. E. 
with his second show on Block Talk Radio. I think you guys are trying to correct me the way I said signed, signed, whatever. I said it quick. Sorry about that. I said it quick. Now, if you guys were here in the show last week, I actually talked about Alex Jones uh, fabricating some uh, controversial stuff with uh, William Cooper a few years back. I actually called him a liar on my show, and uh, funny enough, a week passes by and Alex Jones gets back into the mix. You guys are like all these conspiracy talks and all that crap. Alex Jones actually uh, got caught up in the mix again this week with more lies. Apparently, Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, uh, posted some stuff on Infowars.com and PrisonPlanet.com that wasn't exactly truthful. He actually uh, posted a supposed interview between uh, Charlie Sheen of Two and a Half Men and other really crappy movies from the 80s and 90s. Uh, yeah, yeah, he hasn't really done that many good movies. But yeah, apparently uh, Charlie Sheen told him that he had uh, interviewed Mr. Barack Obama, and he posted the interview on the two websites. And, of course, it turned out to be bull crap. Because, again, Alex Jones is full of it, folks. He's a fear monger, like I said, just uh, waiting and praying to uh, get the weak-minded to buy into his bullshit. That's all he is. If you guys uh, haven't been following that news, check it out on Google. You'll be able to find more information on it. It's funny enough, even on uh, Coast to Coast, where, you know, Coast to Coast kisses his ass, you know, Coast to Coast always has Alex Jones on, and they're, like, really good friends of of Alex Jones Jones on the show. Actually, George Norrie actually took Alex Jones to uh, the trial on it. He actually called him out and said he lost credibility because of that. And he's, he was very disappointed and actually ripped him a pretty good asshole about the entire thing. So Alex Jones keeps on losing his credibility. Amazingly enough, a week after I said it, too. Now, it's not much going on in ufology news. I was trying to, like, find out some ufology info, uh, anything new coming up. And I really haven't found anything too new that really, you know, caught my eye or anything like that. One thing that really uh, <clears throat> kind of jumped out at me is something that's going to actually happen in, uh, in about a month or two, in, actually in two months. It's uh, UFO World. If you guys can go over UFOWorld.com, I believe it's the website. Uh, they're actually having a convention down here in Florida. You guys might want to check that out. I'm actually going to be at the convention. Uh, a friend of mine, Seth Wheeler, is actually the uh, person hosting the convention. He actually came out on Alejandro's show yesterday on Open Minds, and uh, he's going to actually be on my show next week. I'm going to interview him for about half an hour. He'll be here on Jackal's Head uh, to actually tell us about the convention and some of the other stuff that you're going to see on there. Cool stuff. They're, they're actually going to have Travis Walton on the convention, which is pretty cool. I'm going to actually try to see if I can meet Travis. And, yes, Torque, Alex Jones is insane. I agree. Reading here the chat room, Torque, I agree 100%. Yep, there has been a lot of sightings in China. Uh, actually, there's been a lot of... How are you doing, Torque? <laughs> there's been a lot of sightings in China recently also, but uh, you know what? The, the way I feel about a lot of the recent sightings, and this is something if you want to start talking, if you followed you here before uh, we get Mr. E on the line, we'll switch up because I was doing a lot of news, but uh, the way I feel about a lot of the, uh, the, the sightings that are coming out now, it's kind of hard to really say, uh, you know, I'll post the link now if you can check out when Travis is going to be on there. 
In fact, if you go to the Jackal's Head, blocktalkradio.com forward slash the Jackal's Head, there's a banner right in front of the website. You'll be able to see right there with the alien little gray on it. Just click on the banner. It takes you right to the website. All the information is on there. you got to check that uh, that convention out. I know the guy throwing the convention. I can vouch for the guy, the stand-up dude. It's going to be a hell of a party. It's a weekend convention. I'm going to go. I'm going to record it. That's right, folks. I'm going to be recording the convention. I'm going to videotape some of it. So I'm going to actually put it on the website here so you guys can check that out. Um, so, you know, I can't promise you that I'm going to get a lot of footage because I'm going to, you know, I want to be kind of Google gogging myself, you know, meeting Travis Walton and all these cool people in ufology that I'm dying to meet. Uh, but I'm going to try to go ahead and post as much video as I possibly can, uh, you know, whatever they let me uh, at least get on the air because I know there's going to probably be some copyright uh, stuff that they're not going to want me to, you know, post uh, for certain reasons, you know what I mean. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and try to post as much as possible. I'm going to take about five or six little DVD uh, record recordable uh, CDs that I have here, DVDs that I have, so I can go ahead and get a lot of footage uh, as much as possible. It's going to be cool, man. I, I really can't wait. Again, check out the show next week here on, on the uh, Jackal's Head. I'm going to go ahead and talk about that a little bit more with Seth Weiler, who's going to be my guest on next week. He's a really cool guy. You, you guys are going to love this guy. He's really funny. Um, he's into ufology. Not only that, he's into a lot of other uh, topics. When I actually met him originally, he was into uh, uh, not so much ufology, but he was actually doing uh, other kind of conventions, like anime conventions and comic cons and stuff like that. So the guy's a pro. He knows how to do these conventions. He knows how to do them really well. Um, like I said, I'm I'm going down there. I'm going to go and uh, check it out, and I never go to these conventions. So uh, that's how much uh, excited I am about it. Funny enough, Alejandro was talking to me about this before he had uh, Seth on the show. Uh, as you guys might have heard last night, I don't know if you were on Alejandro's website, but I was actually over there uh, listening to the show, and sure enough, he said Seth, and when he came on the show, immediately I recognized the voice and called in and made contact with Seth right away. Real cool guy. Check out the website there, ufoinfoweekend.com. That's the website. Now, back to the uh, the whole thing with the UFOs in China, like I was saying earlier. My whole thing with, you know, nowadays it's really hard to tell what's real and what's not real. Just because everybody and their grandmothers has video recorders and everybody and their grandmothers have computers and everybody has CGI effects and After Effects and Super Effects and Disney Master Effects and Pixar Effects. Everybody can do the fucking thing easily down their house. So, I mean, it's it's become such an easy task to create these UFO videos, that who, how can you tell what's real and what's not? I mean, the, the Haiti video from a, from a year back or whatever, that had the, the UFOs, you know, hovering around, that had me going. You're welcome, Torch. I mean, that had me going. I thought that was real. And then I started analyzing, and I started seeing, like, little details, but it was really good. I mean, I, it's impossible nowadays, I think, to really be able to tell one way or the other. I mean, it's just so hard. And, I mean, it, it's one of those things that is, as technology gets better and better, it's going to be harder and harder to really tell what's real and what's not when it comes to these UFO videos. So, again, yeah, there's been a lot, of, a lot of videos and sightings in China, but nothing concrete until, you know, until there's a real concrete landing where the video is so clearly real and you can actually see maybe the aliens coming out of the ship or something and, and there's, you know, hundreds of eyewitnesses that are there. That's when, you know, it'll become real to me. I mean, until then, I, I believe there's life out there. Don't get me wrong. I think there are aliens out there. I think they are buzzing around. I just, uh, a lot of the videos, I think, are, are bullshit, to be honest with you. A lot of the, a lot of these videos are just subject to, uh, to a lot of uh, hoaxing. 
crop circles, I think crop circles are bullshit also, to be honest with you. Not all of them. I think crop circles may have originated on some, you know, real communication type of, type of uh, <laughs> you know, type of technology that they use to try to communicate with us or something, but maybe that's a form that they tried to communicate or something, but, uh, you know, people have come forward saying that they've, you know, hoaxed crop circles. That right there, I mean, that tells you everything. Where people are coming forward and they're, you know, being busted doing these things, and they're really elaborate crop circles that they're doing. I mean, the human mind will make you, you know, will allow you to do whatever it is you want to do. That's the one thing about the human mind. Remember, we use very little of that human mind, and the little we do use, we use it for garbage most of the time. But adventures in time and space. Transcribed in future tense. The powwow. Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one. Disorder never sounded so good. From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine presents The Powwow, weekends at 12, only on SoFloRadio.com. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com. Covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com The best of Neil Rogers. On... Believable. Relive the best of Neil. Okay. Friday afternoons at 3. Only on SoFloRadio.com. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Bye. 
he's talking about how one of the Apollo missions that we actually lost the, uh, I guess the, the 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 ship that we sent up there was an unmanned ship, uh, you know, it just got lost in in space somewhere. There was actually uh, video and in, in film, uh, not only film but also photos taken up there, which actually showed that it was actually attached to like some kind of a dome structure on the moon. Yeah, it hit the structure and it got stuck there. They lost radio contact with it, but the light stayed on. So from the angle you're looking at the pictures, which they took in a, in a later mission, you could see the actual ship stuck on top of like a dome. I think I remember something like that. I remember the 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 buttresses in, in yes. some of the photos. And I remember yes. them, them talking about that. Yeah, the thing that was Have cool you, about our bell is he would just get into it with his with his caller or his guests. You know, it was awesome. So yeah, there's time caller there's, line. You're on the air. <laughs> if you're calling from the west of the Rockies, press one. <laughs> Yeah, and all the ABBA. East of the Rockies. <laughs> You're calling from outer space. Press nine, 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 nine. Now, you know the thing I love about Art Bell show, and a lot of you know, thing I like also about Jesse's show over here on Block Talk Radio, uh, the fact that when they, you know, when they have their guests on the show, it doesn't matter what their subject is, it doesn't matter what they want to talk about, or you know, how credible even they might be, as long as they're at least semi-credible enough to be on the show. Uh, you know, they'll let them say their piece, you know what I mean? They don't really, like, you know, butcher them or yeah. you know, attack them too much. That, that, I like that. I mean, everybody has their say because at the end of the day, we don't know what's real and what's not. That's the thing. You well, know. and he'd sit there and he'd do, like, you know, uh, in what, six hours? Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, we do, what, two hours here? Uh, My wife just got home them. and she's attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have to hang up and call you back. <laughs> oh, is she really? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> no. Stop it! I'm on the air. Tell her it's a memory of 9 11. <laughs> you're going to do it now. It lives me forever. <laughs> i got to hang up, and I'm going to call you right back, okay? No, you're not. All right, we'll, a little, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and I'll give you a little time later while I get back with the missus. Let's see if I got my webcam on. Oh, <laughs> All right, bye. Well, I hope Mr. E didn't uh, lose his uh, spot on the bed tonight. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I don't think I don't think anybody's ever been taken off air on uh, Block Talk Radio by his wife coming on the show and uh, pushing uh, pulling him off the radio. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, you know, getting back to what we were talking about, yeah, you know, these shows. <clears throat> like the Art Bell show back in the day, that's really what got me involved in, in the subject of ufology. I think that, uh, you know, it's it's just something that at least is different from the norm. I mean, if you listen to a lot of AM radio, a lot of talk radio, it gets depressing, man, hearing the same news over and over and all that same crap. It's just, I guess, the mystery of whether, whether UFOs are real or not that kind of, like, keeps you on, you know, on the edge of uh, wanting to listen week in and week out. Or listen to shows like this, for example, or shows like Jesse's show and and keeps you glued to uh, the Internet watching videos on ufology on YouTube and, and all that crap. Now, like I said uh, about the website earlier, if you guys want to check that out again, the website is ufoinfoweekend.com. Check that out. Go over there if you can. It's going to be an exciting, exciting event starting November 12th through the 15th. Okay, this is going to be a weekend event. Uh, it's going to be right near NASA, which is cool as hell. If you guys never been to NASA, this is your chance. I think there's, a, you know, part of the event, uh, you actually get to go to NASA and see the Kennedy Space Center. How cool is that? I mean, that's pretty freaking cool. I think I've ever heard of any of these events that uh, you actually get to go and uh, 
see NASA. This might be one of the first. They're going to have all kinds of cool people there, people from the show The X-Files are going to be there. Uh, actually, I think um, one of the uh, lone gunmen who was uh, on The X-Files also uh, is going to be on there uh, at the convention, as well as Travis Walton, Fire in the Sky. I mean, you can't beat that. That's going to be a heck of a, of a show. So, again, the website is UFOInfoWeekend.com. Check that out. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a little break here. I'll be back shortly. Uh, I'm going to uh, take a pause for the cause so to speak. And we'll be back. Uh, maybe Paranormal 51 will call in. Maybe he won't. Who knows? It's really up to him. Like I said, this is his chance to redeem himself uh, because Rich is not too forgiven. <laughs> and neither am I, but I've given him an opportunity to redeem himself. If anybody wants to call in and have anything to talk about ufology-wise, you have an hour and 15 minutes, give me a call. 347-205-9961. Again, that's 347-205-9961. Anybody in the chat rooms that want to call in, and I'll uh, talk for a little bit. Go ahead and call in. Right now we have open lines pretty much. Since we don't have Paranormal 51 uh, calling in just yet. Oh, look at that. Just mention it and somebody calls in. 541, state your name, location, social security number, date of birth, height, weight, and why'd you hang up? I'm only kidding, dude. <laughs> I was only kidding. <laughs> I guess I scared him away. Five four one call back. Don't be a wussy. All right, fine. Don't call back.
Back here in the Jackal's Head, your host, the Jackal, back with you live on Block Talk Radio. Block Talk Radio, my new favorite website. I spend way too much time on this website. And another website I spend a lot of time on recently is strangevisitors.net. Everybody get over there. It's an awesome website. Mr. E, the stranger who got taken away by his wife and abducted a little while ago, uh, is actually the runner of that site. It's a cool website. Uh, we spend way too much time on it, I think, but it's a cool website. Hopefully, he'll be able to make it back on the show here. Uh, maybe his wife will, uh, you know, let him play with us a little longer here on Block Talk Radio, and uh, then, then they'll do their thing. You know, the thing, the thing. You know what I mean, the thing. Now, in some really sad news, I don't know if you guys uh, heard about this, but a woman plunged three stories to her death while exploring what she uh, may be- may have believed to be a haunted building at the University of Toronto. However, local ghost researchers were puzzled by the location of the woman's exploration because the nearly 135-year-old building has no reputation for hauntings at all. Police officials originally dubbed the woman a ghost hunter, uh, but in light of uh, new information, are now actually calling her, her, her demise merely a death by misadventure. And uh, if you guys want to check out more in the story, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a link uh, so you can go ahead and uh, check that out. Kind of a weird story. Maybe she saw a ghost and thought of her death, got scared and just fell. Kind of makes you uh, think twice before you guys go uh, amateur ghost hunting out there. I know you, I know you guys uh, see uh, a lot of uh, the uh, TV shows on TV about ghost hunting and catching EVPs and all that crap. Yeah, you shouldn't be uh, messing around with what you don't know there, Sonny. It's incredible uh, to lose your life over uh, a haunted house that's, or a haunted building. That's crazy. Now, I don't know if you guys are into animation at all. I, w- I mentioned this a couple weeks on my show, a couple weeks back. Uh, Walt Disney actually bought Marvel Entertainment. I don't know if you uh, guys are familiar with that news or not. Uh, but the big giant Marvel Entertainment now belongs to Walt Disney. They bought them off for $4 billion with the B, uh, leading to all sorts of uh, speculation. Now, what, what this is actually going to mean for both companies, uh, including the thoughts of uh, creative possibilities, uh, some more serious than others, actually, uh, as sudden as the actual news broke out, uh, the actual impact of it hit the Internet like, 
immediately, pretty much. The question started like coming up. Uh, you know, what are, what's going to happen next? You know, what characters are going to be created now? Are they going to be watered down? Is it going to be Mickey Mouse playing Spider-Man? Uh, and, you know, crazy stuff like that. Uh, Pixar actually is the first one out of the Disney family, so to speak, uh, to actually pick up on one of the characters. And uh, they're, I guess they were fast-tracking into the big screen. The Ant-Man movie is going to be coming out pretty soon on Pixar. Ant-Man, of course, is a Marvel character. Uh, which has uh, been one of the most like you know, one of the most obscure characters, kind of behind the scenes characters in Marvel, uh, for uh, at least 30 years now. And it's been around, maybe more. Uh, actually, they got British filmmaker Edgar Wright from the movie Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead to direct this thing. So he's a pretty good director. Those two are pretty good movies. So let's see if he does a pretty good job on this, or at least a decent job, makes it watchable. I don't know how great of a movie Ant-Man could actually make, but Pixar is going to go ahead and pick it up. I don't know how I feel about Marvel being in, you know, in control of, uh, or in control by Walt Disney. Walt Disney is a huge corporation. If you look at what happened with Warner Brothers, they bought DC a few years ago, and uh, they've kind of crapped all over the DC characters ever since. I know you ufologists heads out here. I know you guys are also into comic books. You have to be. They kind of go one with the other, you know? But yeah, Marvel is not owned by Walt Disney. That's crazy. A sign of the times, I guess, where a big corporation is selling out to another big corporation. That's a lot of money, too, to pay for a bunch of comic books. $4 billion. That's crazy. Now, it's funny. I saw some pictures of some crossover characters they had, uh, uh, they had posted over at Facebook. It's pretty funny. Of uh, The characters were like Mickey Mouse dressed like Spider-Man. Imagine a Mickey Mouse crossover Spider-Man movie. That'd be pretty cool. Have uh, Donald Duck play the Incredible Hulk. And the best Goofy could play uh, Magneto from X-Men. <laughs> you, you guys know, you, you know you'd watch that if that came out. I know I'd, I don't know if I'd, I'd go see it in theaters, but I think I'd uh, I'd have to see it. You know I know Noob will watch it. Noob will be in the theaters first day with his uh, with uh, at least a couple little kids, so people won't think that he's you know a freak. But he'll be there with a shirt on, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs>
that took place. It wasn't uh, completely done uh, by foreign uh, terrorists, so to speak. I think there was a lot of people inside, of not, only, not only the government here, uh, but in other governments surrounding our country, maybe even Canadian governments, Mexican governments, uh, that actually paid a, played a big part in that. What I love about 9-11, this is what actually always kicks me in the freaking rear end and makes me laugh, is how you have 19 hijackers, all from Saudi Arabia. Not one Iraqi, not one Afghanistan. But yet we attack Iraq and Afghanistan. Can anybody, like, I don't know, put that together and inform me how that how that makes any sense? Oh, I see. They're all they're all Saudi Arabians. Ah, oh, I see. We have to attack Iraq. What? No, wait, hold on. I mean, I know George Bush was an idiot, uh, and you know maybe this is the reason why a lot of people say, well, you know. Uh, George Bush was a really bad president because he, you know, invaded Iraq under false pretenses. Um, you know, a lot of people, of course, are conspiracy nuts would say that he invaded because he had a grudge uh, with the, you know Saddam Hussein over you know, his father not being able to get him out of there. Honestly, to be honest with you, I think 9/11, and this is my personal theory behind the whole thing. You guys really want to hear my whole take on the thing? I don't think Bush wanted revenge. No. I don't think I don't think that was the whole uh, the whole thing. This is my whole personal take on it. What's coming up in the next few years, kids? Twenty twelve, right? Follow along with me here. Now, twenty twelve, as the Sumerians pointed out, and the Mayans pointed out, and other civilizations in the in the history of this planet have pointed out, it's a very important thing. Something big is going to happen. Something terrible might happen. Something great might happen. Something enlightening might happen. We don't know exactly what it is that's going to happen, but something's going to happen. We know that much. Because all these different cultures have written, written about it. They written, they, you know, they've written about this. Something might you know, have to happen. Now, let's go back a little bit here. The main, the main ones that actually wrote about this were the Sumerians. Now, let's go and find where Samaria used to be on a map, and we will find a little place called Iraq. Now, isn't it funny, and don't you guys find it a little ironic that the first thing that we did when we invaded Iraq uh, was not try to secure the borders of Iraq, was not try to, you know, actually bomb government buildings. No, they actually went after museums and other places of historical, I guess, uh, of historical safekeeping. Of safekeeping of materials. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew about that, but that's actually true. They stole many texts, a lot of scriptures and literatures, uh, dealing all the way back from the Sumerian times. Hmm. Makes you wonder, why are we really in Iraq? As 2012, you know, gets closer and closer and closer, I'm sure they want to know exactly what might be going on over in the next couple of years. Maybe Iraq was a point where they had to they had to invade. They had no choice because, as we know, Saddam Hussein was a very hard-headed individual. Of course, we put him in power. Believe it or not, the uh, Bush family were the first ones who helped put 
this man in power. Uh, this is what we do. We put governments in power. Then when we don't agree with them anymore, we bomb them out of the, out of existence. As we just put another government in power over in Iraq, uh, if they stop agreeing with our with our policies, we're going to bomb them out of existence. This is how this country shows the rest of the world that we got the bigger balls. It's it, it's something we've always done. We bomb the crap out of you, and then we rebuild you. And then if you get out of the line again, we do it to you again. A lot of people don't understand that people throughout history, like, for example, Saddam Hussein, uh, worked with the CIA early on. Uh, Osama bin Laden worked with the CIA early on. Fidel Castro worked with the CIA early on, and with the early parts of, of his uh, early years worked with the government. He actually studied in America. A lot of these dictators have been put into these positions by the people that later be, you know, went into power here in America. Call it the New World Order, call it the secret societies, and as far as the whole New World Order thing goes, you know, I don't really believe that there's a New World Order. I don't really believe that, to be honest with you, uh, because I believe the New World Order is already here. Now, I'll swallow that for a second and let it digest. What do I mean by that? Get out a dollar bill from your pocket. Look at the back on there. You'll notice there's a little pyramid on there. It says, Nuevo Orden Socialism, which is uh, Latin, Greek, or some crap, which basically translates to New World Order. Folks, America is the New World Order. It's been the New World Order since the beginning of time. This is the New World Order. Now, the whole unifying the uh, nations and creating a one-world government, unfortunately, that looks like it's going to happen whether we like it or not. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of negative aspects about it. There's a lot of positive aspects about it. You, you can look at it either way. Really good. But I do believe that 9-11 was created because of what's happening with Iraq. and Samaria, and Nibiru, or whatever might be coming in 2012. I do believe that. I do believe in a lot of uh, the conspiracy just being bullshit because this is the New World Order. We're in it now. Now, we're, you know, I was talking here about 9-11 and about uh, my, my theories, but what are your theories out there in the chat room? You guys, Torque, who have been talking your, your, your butt off in the chat room, Call in real quick. Give me your theories on 9-11. I want to hear some of your guys' thoughts uh, because talking here by yourself really gets boring after a while, you know, if nobody calls in and it defeats the purpose of having a talk show. It can only go on for so long. Let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, five open lines in the, in the uh, queue here. I uh, will take just one. Right, I'm going to play more Michael Jackson music. I'm serious. Just uh, letting uh, everybody know again next week, listen in because I'm actually going to have two guests on the show which is going to be fantastic, two of them, not one, but two fantastic guests. I'm going to have Mr. Seth Wheeler on the show, again, from the uh, website that I showed all you folks. You can go check out ufoinfoweekend.com. Seth Wheeler, the host, organizer of that uh, wonderful event that's going to happen on November 12th. I'm going to be there. I'm going to record some of it. I'm going to uh, post it online. I'm going to probably do a little Q&A with uh, Mr. Seth and a couple of the other guys over there. 
I'm going to try to interview Travis Walton, people. God damn it, I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it even if it's the last thing I do over there. I'm going to try to get Travis Walton an interview for at least, how cool would that be if I come back after this uh, convention and I have a nice little interview with Travis Walton. Huh? Huh? How would that be? That would be cool as hell, man. Hopefully I can get some really cool footage and I can post it on here. You guys can check that out. I'm gonna, I'm excited about that convention. But I'm going to have Seth on the show here next week, and that's going to be fantastic. He's a good guy. You guys are really going to get a kick out of uh, hearing him talk. That uh, that dude, is uh, he's been around. He's done a lot of conventions. I don't know if you guys are into conventions at all, but if you're into these kind of uh, kind of stu- conventions, you're going to love this stuff. He's going to have a lot of celebrities on there. Uh, in fact, if you guys like that Star Trek show that is on, uh, I think it's Star Trek The New Voyages, I believe it's the name of it. The guy who plays Captain Kirk in that, James Cawley, I believe is his name, if I'm not mistaken. Might be wrong on that. I'm not too sure. I think it's James Cawley, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he's going to be on, on the convention. He's going to actually show up and uh, he's going to sign autographs and stuff. You know, he's on a Star Trek type of show. That's UFOs, man. He's going to be there. I think he's even the guy who played uh, Dwarf or Worf or whatever from uh, the, from uh, the Next Generation. I'm not really much of a Trekkie. Uh, sorry. I don't know all the names, but I think his name is Worf. He's going to be there also, from what I heard. So it's going to be pretty cool. There's going to be a lot of uh, celebrities there, so that's going to be cool stuff. So Seth will be here next week. Also, Jamie from uh, UFO uh, World, actually World UFO Space is going to be on also. We're going to talk ufology uh, for at least an hour on the show here with him. Jamie, again, from World UFO Space will be my second interview next week. So we have two interviewees next week, confirmed, locked down, ready to go. They're, they're ready to hit the spot here next week in Jackal's head. Unlike Paranormal 51, who uh, left his balls behind uh, – in his boyfriend's house, I guess, because he was a no-show. Mr. E will be joining us back shortly here, and uh, I'm having requests. I see here in the chat room some people want me to play Earth Song. You guys uh, really want me to play Earth Song and take a little bit of a pause here? I can go for uh, for a nice uh, pee-pee drink or something. I've been playing a lot of Michael Jackson music recently here on, on uh, my shows. I'm a big Michael Jackson fan. I've been a Michael Jackson fan myself, but I don't give a crap who knows I don't know if people make a big deal. Oh, you know, Michael Jackson. Oh, you know, he might be gay. Oh, he's a weirdo. He's a freak. He touches little boys. Oh, Michael Jackson. Oh, he fucked up his nose. I don't give a crap. The dude is a talented singer. He uh, was somebody I grew up listening to. It was like almost like a part of the family died when he died. That's how, you know, that's how, like, fucked up it was to hear Michael Jackson died. I mean, you're like, Michael Jackson? Like, that's the last dude you ever expected to hear dead, you know what I mean? Michael Jackson's dead, really? You would just expect Michael Jackson to always be alive, always be around. It's just, it was weird. The whole memorial thing was weird, man. Having all those people up there, you know, paying tribute to Michael Jackson, that was just sad. I think the, the, like, the saddest part of the whole night, there was two parts that like, just almost killed me. They were just super sad. It was Usher when he was singing, and he started crying at the end of the song. That was sad. Cause you, you could tell like that was like true emotions because... That was his idol. Michael Jackson was his favorite singer. I mean, he grew up idolizing Michael. So, I mean, that was, for him, it was, you know, it was just a horrible, horrible thing to have to do up there to sing, you know, in front of the casket of your idol. Think about that. That's terrible. And, of course, the the part of the night that really, I think, touched the entire nation and kind of, you know, made Michael Jackson into a human being for once was when Paris Jackson, his, uh, his little daughter, you know, said, you know, those beautiful things that she said about her about her dad. That was amazing because that kind of makes you now really see Michael as uh, the father that he was. And a lot of people forget that, that, you know, dude wasn't dad. You know, he he had three kids. Whether or not they're biologically his does not matter. I don't care. He raised them. 
You know what I mean? He was the, the father on the papers when the kids were in the hospital and they were being born. Who's the whose name do they have? Huh? His name, right? He's on their birth certificate. Last I heard, that's all you need to be a father, folks. And you know, anybody can donate sperm. Anybody can be a biological dad. But it takes a you know a huge heart to actually you know raise kids and and be a real father. And from the look of those kids, he did a, a fantastic job as a father because those are wonderfully adjusted kids. I mean, they, considering the fact that their dad is Michael freaking Jackson, it's amazing, amazing the fact that they're that well adjusted. Their dad is Michael Jackson, the biggest <laughs> superstar on the planet. Isn't that true, Mister E? Yeah, it sure is. Am I on? You're on the show, my friend. Okay, cool. I don't know. I have to uh, kind of go on a little Michael Jackson rant there because they're talking about playing Earth song in the chat room. <laughs> yeah. And now Noob just sent me a message saying he wants to play a rock with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Sorry about that. No, that's cool, man. Hey, uh, any anytime you can get some, I'll, I, I understand. Don't worry. <laughs> no yeah, worries, he, my friend. It's Friday night. She got home and and I, you know, had chores. I feel you, brother. I feel you. <laughs> well, actually, I don't because I'm not married, but it's, I understand. <laughs> Where were we? Our bell or something? I don't know. Bring yeah, let's go back to the apology. Yes, let's go back to like we were talking about earlier. We still have a, a lot of, uh, not a whole lot, but we still have some show left. We have 38 minutes to kill. So, yeah, let's go back to that. Uh, we were talking about Art Bell and what got us involved in this topic and what got us, you know in love with the subject of ufology. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, it it uh, seems ridiculous that, that the skies aren't actually teeming with them. I mean, there's got to be a reason for that, too. Um, I, but, you know, the, the reason isn't that we're alone. There's got to be something else. I mean, wh- why do you think it is? Why, why do you think that, that, uh, that they're not teeming? They're not here, you know, all different places. You know what? I actually have an answer for that. <clears throat> Believe it or not, I'm going to take a sip of my tasty soda here that I'm opening up because my throat is a little bit sore. Coca-Cola. That's a body great. Mm. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I actually have an answer for that, believe it or not. My answer is not every being that is ever born across the cosmos are going to be visible in the same spectrum of light. Remember, the human eye picks up only a certain spectrum of light. Right. Okay, now, who's to say that there are other beings out there who are, you know, riding right by us that we never see them because our spectrum of light doesn't pick up where they're at? Well, that, and that, that's that's totally plausible. But what about just organics? What about organics? I mean, you know, the, the flesh and blood, if you will. Or, oh, you can be fle- you can be flesh and blood, but I mean, remember re- what is reality? Reality is in perception, and you know, spectrum of light. You can be organic and, and be completely invisible to the naked eye. Completely invisible. I mean, there's certain animals even on planet Earth that look like tree stumps, and if they blend right in with the environment, they're camouflaged. You can't see them. What about the their personalities and and whatnot? You think that there's some funny ones out there, stupid you ones. Know, <laughs> that's that's funny. You always expect them to be like E.T., you know, phone home, <laughs> and not really say much. 
But it'd be kind of cool if there's like a you know like a heavy metal guy who's an alien, just a rock. Yeah, like metal alien. Did you yeah. see that uh, robot chicken with ET? No, oh, I missed that. I, I'm, I'm yeah, watching like uh, he he finally got home right, and he was actually a loser and like getting bullied by all the other ETs that were actually a little bit taller than him and. <laughs> it's like you know, they, he was like a nerd. Uh, he was a nerdy one. <laughs> he was the nerdy one. Yeah, that's why they makes left you, him behind. Makes you makes you question why he wanted to go home so badly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I think uh, I think th- they all like I could be wrong, but I think like all their fingers lit up, and his he only had one that lit ah. up. <laughs> so he, he, <laughs> imagine that that's like a like a like a guy who can't get an erection here on Earth. That's yeah. like a sexual thing. <laughs> he needs E.T. Viagra for his fingers. <laughs> well, you know, and I've heard, on a serious note, I've heard, the, you know, different theories about greys being engineered. Like, for instance, the yeah, greys were just like, like uh, pilots or whatever. They're just engineered. And uh, um, that there was others that that uh, were behind them or, you know, you know that's funny because if you, if you have you read the uh, the book by Travis Walton, the Fire in the Sky book, huh? You never read it? When uh-uh. I, I think you've probably seen the movie. Have you seen the movie at all? What's that now? Have you seen the movie Fire in the Sky? Oh yeah. Oh right, Travis, movie, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, Travis Walton. Well, the movie wasn't exactly as accurate as the book was to the entire story that he actually you know wrote about in the book. Uh, they actually kind of took some liberties and cut around you know a little bit with it when it came to the abduction experience and what he actually remembered on the ship. While he was on the ship in the book, he actually writes that there was a, a point in time when he woke up and he saw the grays, you know, around him, the typical grays, short, gray, big, bulgy eyes, uh, the typical alien that everybody sees, you know, standing over him and he freaked out. As he's freaking out, he went to grab, like, I guess he thought it was like a medical instrument or something to kind of swing it at them, to, you know, to, to get them to, like, you know, leave him alone just to show that, you know, that he's scared, basically. And as he's being, you know, he's acting a little bit, I guess, um, aggressive towards them. They actually walk away from the room, and a human-looking alien walks in, which Whoa. Travis, of course, he, you know, he settled down. He was like, oh, you know, he looked like a human being, so he wasn't that scared anymore. So he started trying to talk and communicate with this person, thinking it was a human being. Uh, the person looked a little bit taller, you know, I guess he had blonde hair, blue eyes, kind of Nordic-looking, which that goes yeah. back even into the Bible, the Nordics in the Bible. Uh, right. It says that the being wouldn't speak, but he looked gentle, he looked kind, so he wasn't afraid, he had, like he had no fear. Obviously, if, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense also. If if you're a human being, you know, the sight of another person is going to ease your fears over the sight of a little, you know, praying mantis-looking gray alien, which is going to freak you the hell out. So that alone is going to, you know, help him out a little bit, but think about that. What if, you know, the aliens really are the Nordic, you know, maybe those are the guys from Nibiru, and the greys are their worker slaves or something like that, the robotics. Well, slaves. yeah, I mean, you got to let your mind wander. There's, there's yeah, many, do. many different, you know, ways to, to to think about it. It could be us from the future. You know, that's a possibility. I've heard that actually being thrown around before, that maybe the greys are nothing more than us, you know, a thousand or two thousand years of evolution into the future. After lots of uh, lots of abduction stories about hybrids, yeah, it's a trip. No, Very interesting stuff. It, you know what? Uh, that's the great thing about the subject. Is there's a lot of interesting stuff in it. 
it's not just a bunch of pictures of UFOs. There's, you know, the abduction phenomenon. Uh, there's, you know, implants. Uh, you know, the, the regression, you know, that takes place when people do the hypnosis that, you know, really bring out some crazy stuff. Uh, you know, Travis Walton had the hypnosis therapy and to remember most of his abduction case. And uh, just think about that. Look, look at the book he wrote. If you actually ever get to read the book, hey, there's, there's some pretty freaky stuff in there of, of the stuff he saw on the ship. Uh, which, again, if it wasn't for these kind of, uh, of technologies, I guess, or, or, you know, inventiveness by people that are trying to find the truth, we would never have this kind of fun. Because it is, at the end, it's a lot of fun for us. So, you know, we just spend a couple hours here and talk about this crap. Uh, but at the end of the day, we do it because of the mystery, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah for sure. It is a mystery. Supernatural. <laughs> the mystery that would never be unraveled. That's the cool thing about it. It just it, it might go on forever and ever and ever. And you know what? I do believe that a lot of the government um, supposed cover-ups are total, you know, bullshit. And I'll call it I'll call it as is. I think the government yeah. knows. You know what? I do I do believe there is a government that controls the government, like a government within the government type of deal. I do believe that there. But those are called the special groups, special interest people. You know who they are. The big corporations, the oil, the oil companies, they have the, they have they're the ones that have their hands in the pockets of the presidents and the people that control the country. They well, are yeah. the, they are the think, monster. They move the machine. I think that 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 people, when when you get on a uh, conspiracy tangent, especially not when you do, but when people do, I can't help but think that they're just giving people too much fucking credit. I mean. Yeah, seriously. Secrets are just not that airtight. And, I mean, you know, people can get whacked to to, to keep their silence and, and all that, but there's going to be ones that slip through. <clears throat> and I think most people are caught up into their own little agenda. And very rarely do you get a large group of people where their agendas are all aligned enough to to be that tight. And, you know, I just don't, I don't see it. Yeah, but in, in a way, it, it's it's kind of like Alex Jones, for example, you know, not harping or trying to kill this guy, but, uh, you know, talking about him again. But Alex Jones, for example, what he does is so clear, it's it's obvious, but people still buy into his bullshit. What he does, he gets, like, the little news stories that really don't make the headlines but are, like, significant in some other country. And he, you know, he, like, glamorizes that and, and he, you know, over... Hypes it and makes it look like it's a new world order, you know, event. Yeah, sensationalizes it. He, exactly, he's a sensationalist, but he does it in a, in a fear mongering way to scare people, to give you that scare tactic. Why he does it? Because it sells books and it sells videos, and it, you know, people go to his website. and He's making a lot of money off of it. But the unfortunate truth is that it's brainwashing a lot of people in the wrong way. People are believing a lot of the hype that is really nothing more than hype. Now, for example, I don't know if you believe it, but I do believe there was an alien crash in 1947. I believe that. There's tons of evidence, no doubt. I fully believe that a, a ship crashed. I don't think it was the first that ever crashed. I don't think it was the last that ever crashed. Now, here's the thing. I also don't believe it might even have been an alien ship. What are you saying? Are you familiar with the Nazi UFO projects? Oh, yeah. My personal belief, it might actually have been a Nazi UFO that was spying on America that actually crash-landed. Right. This will make perfect sense why they will keep it a secret, because shh, that's highly classified. 
Nazi UFOs flying over America. That's classified information. You can't you can't like release that into the public. Are you kidding me? Well, and then you because have the the classic. You're better off making up a UFO sighting. story out of it. <laughs> There's the classic uh, sighting back in the day over the White House. There was yeah. all those UFOs. I mean, the 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 whole the funniest thing about the the whole you know Nazi UFO cases that after not the Nazi you know movement ended after we you know we took the Nazis out, we took a lot of their main scientists from Germany and brought them over and they started working on the space projects here in, in, in NASA. For example, Van Braun, who was the main scientist over in uh, in Germany for the Nazi party, became the main scientist in NASA. Wow. That, what does that tell you? What, what do you think those technologies went after the Nazi movement, after the Nazi party ended, when all these guys were over here now? Apollo, Mercury. Yeah. All that technology. And all the hidden technology, which we're not really meant to know. And it's funny because a lot of people say, well, you know, how advanced is NASA or the government from the rest of the world? It could be 100 years. It could be 200 years worth of technology that they're not releasing to the public. You never know how really advanced they are. I mean, they're not going to release all the goods, obviously, enough. They're not going to give you everything right off the bat. They're not going to say, here, you know, we have all these UFOs and all these crazy technologies. Why? Because you know what, you give all that stuff out, our enemies are going to get it. All hell is going to break loose, you know what I mean? You don't want to give, you know, a UFO ship to, like, you know, people that are enemies in Iraq, for example, or, or real terrorists that are really trying to hurt America, or would really do some damage on America, well, or on the then, world in general. You know, if you break it down to the technology, the anti-gravity, I mean, um, on the other hand, there is so much capitalist uh, potential, I mean, in the corporate industries for use of of gra- gravity manipulating technology and so i don't i don't think that that if if we had it um and had it at least advanced enough to commercialize it that it wouldn't be commercialized i mean granted like that segway was in a, in a, invented a while ago and that that seemed like almost like Super technology, and it's really a simple, a simple set, piece of technology, yeah. and and it's, they're still a little bit expensive. You know, hopefully one day we'll all all be able to go easily get one. But um, now you figure the application. Well, just look at magnets. Okay, um, magnets are used in almost everything. Oh, definitely. In fact, down here in Florida, I don't know if you've heard of it, but the Coral Castle. Have you heard of that? Uh-uh. Look it up on Google. Google the Coral Castle. The guy who made the Coral Castle, this is a true story. He made it in the 1930s, I think, or 1940s, somewhere around there. He actually created an entire castle down here in, in Miami, Florida. And he did it by himself with his own bare hands. He didn't use any forklifts or any sort of technologies. He said he had tapped into to some ancient technology from the Egyptian times that helped him create the castle. Wow, that he wouldn't he wouldn't go any further into it, uh, but it wasn't it was just something that he you know tapped into something he used to actually create an entire county. We're talking about tons of you know of weight that he moved by himself, and the wow. dude was like maybe five two five three. But Coral was in C O R A L. Coral Castle, Coral C O R A L, yeah. Yeah, I have to Google Coral that. Castle, and in fact, 
he's been dead for many years now, and the reason he constructed the place was because of his wife. I guess I think she might have passed away or something. He did it in her memory. And now the place is actually, uh, if I remember correctly, it's actually an attraction. You can go there, pay a ticket, and you can actually check out the, uh, the the whole entire area. And you can see some of the machines. That's why I kind of, uh, you know, talked to you sometime about magnets. Uh, you can see some of the machines actually work with magnet, magnet technology. They're based on magnets. Well, I, the gravity manipulation is, is so key to uh, to so many wonderful uses that we could have here. Um, the, the magnet reference was was an example of, of you know it's similar to magnetism is similar to gravity, um, and and it's everywhere. I mean, from from the uh, you know the commuter standpoint to be able to, to you know have vehicles. Um, to you know the you know basically the auto industry, to the fitness industry, to you know computer technology, um, to to lights. I mean to be able to uh, you know gravity affects lights, so yeah. to be to be able to just ma- manipulate light with gravity manipulation, um, all the applications that could that could go on with that. My whole point on that is that that if if we were able to tap into that, I think that it would be all around us. There'd certainly be some way to describe the the development of it, even if it was captured alien technology or just you know developed through the normal evolution of of science. It just seems. Well, that, you know, I mean, you can you can see these you know little RC UFOs or anything that 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 uses aerobatics. You know, it has a certain look. Um, yeah, a, gr- a gravity device would have a completely different look. You know, it's almost it's almost unthinkable. You know, what what would a uh, you know just just a, a small unmanned craft that was built with with gravity manipulation you know manipulative devices, you know, w- wouldn't it manipulate the light around it? Would it glow? Would w- would it be invisible? Um, you know, would it bend the light from behind it in all directions? Well, for example, uh, look how technology is advancing that we know about. Check out the link I just posted on uh, the website here about invisibility cloaks. Uh, they're actually working on that on that very same technology about bending light around you. Yeah. To to make you invisible. Literally, they they have clothing already that'll make you completely invisible. Like in GI Joe. Pretty much, yeah. You see, you see that yet? Yeah, that was cool. I actually liked that that one a lot. I didn't like Transformers one or two too much, but I enjoyed GI Joe. Yeah, yeah she had that suit that would cloak her. I, the only thing I the only thing I kind of uh, had a little bit of a you know a grudge against was the fact that Destro didn't have the metal head the whole entire you know movie. But yeah, that's gonna have to be in the sequel. Yeah, that'll be in the sequel. That and of course more Cobra Commander, which was awesomely set up. I love the way they set up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. I just saw it like last weekend. But yeah, did you, did you checked out that website, the optical camouflage technology developed by a University in Tokyo. Yeah, I see it there. The, the link there. I'll, I'll I'll get into it after the show. It's cool sure. stuff, man. You can you can actually uh, see uh, this guy standing right in front of a poster, and you can see right through him. You see the poster behind him and everything. I guess the way this would work, it'll be with camera sensors, you know, embedded into the material that actually you know takes pictures of the back. And reflects it on the front of the uniform, in 3D, yeah, in 3D. So it kind of gives you the effect, like you're, you know, like you're actually seeing right through the person, 
but you're really not. Yeah, that would be like it would almost have to be done with laser technology also. Yeah. Because I mean, it would have to go, you know, be be either one-dimensional. In other words, it would be completely cloaked from one direction. But to have it cloaked 360, it would have to be projecting an image. You know, if you if you if you think of a way a pie is sliced, yeah, imagine it sliced real super thin, almost in spokes, like spokes all the way around it. Because if you're you know depending on what angle you're looking at, you know, almost like a sphere of spokes um, in all directions. It's pretty pretty intense. It's about power too. I mean. Um, you know, the, that's the thing. I wonder if this if this thing will take like batteries. You have to have batteries on your shirt or something for it to work. <laughs> batteries. Yeah, double, you have to pop in double A batteries uh, right on the collar. <laughs> Man, my suit's down to two bars. Oh, you can see me. Oh no. It's <laughs> uh, funny if you had to be if you had to be naked to wear it. Oh yeah, <laughs> losing bars. Oh no. Oh man, I can see my genitalia. <laughs> You know, all this technology, dude, it's funny. It reminds me of Back to the Future, too. Yeah. Um, when, and it's funny because we're almost in 2015. That's not yeah. that far away. That's not that far away. We're almost there. We are in the future. <laughs> I know. I want my my fucking jetpack, though. That oh, my God. I want it from the 70s. I want the hover, all I want is the hoverboard. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I don't care about anything else. Jetpack, you can take that. Or, I don't care. I want a freaking hoverboard. Where's the hoverboard? Why have they how not created about a, a holodeck? A holodeck would be cool too. That would be cool, but that, you're talking about maybe, maybe 100 years in the future. That's uh, that's still yeah. a little bit out there. <laughs> but hey, actually, uh, if you think about it, it works with photons and and you know bending light and, sh- and shifting reality. Basically, that's I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they're already working on something like that. It is weird. It off. The tremendous amount of science fiction that turns into science fact. Oh, yeah, if you go down the list, look at Star Trek. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. uh, laptops, the screens for the laptops, that was in Star Trek originally. Oh, yeah, uh, flip phones. Cell phones, flip phones, yeah, all from Star Trek. Yeah, and Uhura had, Uhura had that fucking weird Bluetooth hanging out of her ear. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> funny you say that. I was watching a thing on Star Trek a few nights ago, and they mentioned that. And they described it exactly like the uh, Bluetooth on her ear. Totally. Yeah, that's a completely, completely done on Star Trek. It, well, it's funny. I mean, the, how do how do people create things? They use their imagination. Yeah, I it's mean, usually think com- about it, com- it's usually compounded by wartime. Yeah, war, war, war drives a lot of uh, innovative industry. Unfortunately, no, it does. But another thing, you know, pop culture drives a lot of a lot of you know oh, yeah. imagination. Also, when it comes to you know creating stuff, if you put something on TV, for example, like that on, on a popular show like Star Trek. Which is, you know, as Americana as apple pie, really. Star Trek has been, you know, linked with this country for 50 years now. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you don't get more pop culture than Star Trek. 50 years later, you have the number one movie in the box office. It grows $300 million. Damn, that was That's a good amazing. one, too. And it was Love. a freaking great movie, yeah. Not good. I saw a real sh- when I saw it, it was a real shitty bootleg version online. Uh, and someone had held a camera. In the theater or something, because it, it was. And you pissed that you didn't see it in theaters. I I missed it in the theater, cause, and probably because I ruined it because I ended up watching it. You got the whole story online that 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 time. I didn't have I didn't have time to go out and see it. But I'll be buying that DVD for sure. Oh out. hell yeah! It's 
a good one. Yeah, was, I kept thinking that that one bad guy was was uh, Eric Bana. I think it was, it was Eric Bana. That was Eric Bana. That was Eric Bana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I kept thinking that was him. Yeah, from the from the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Not that yeah. it was an excellent movie, but you know it's funny that movie, that series has been around for fifty years. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Roddenberry was but, on top of his shit. Yeah. No, but if you think about it, look, a lot of the great writers from the past that are really the ones that influenced a lot of these technologies from Orson Welles uh, to Gene Rudenberry, Arthur C. Clarke, a lot of these guys who were so innovative in their ways and in their views and in their writing, that's what's really been, you know, kind of driving a lot of these technologies, if you, if you look at it. Everything even from uh, infrared technology, that comes also from a lot of their writings and stuff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of little technologies that we use today that, you know, they thought about and put in their books, you know, whether it be designs for rocket ships and stuff like that. It's it's amazing. It's all in the human mind. The human mind can create some amazing stuff. Right. When do we put our minds to work for a positive thing? That'll never happen. Hey, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I guess that's true. Speaking of stranger we, things. We, we really do suck, though, I mean, when it comes to that kind of stuff. We, we really do, do, but, suck. you know, every, every once in a while, somebody would surprise you. You know, they compare the technology of computers um, to airplanes. I've heard it compared to, uh, like, computers have moved as fast. It would be like if we went from Kitty Hawk to the space shuttle in, like, three weeks. Um, that's that's how fast computer technology has, has moved. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, computer technology is incredibly rapid right now. The way is, you know, you, it's pretty. It's funny. You get a computer now, and like in about two weeks, is obsolete. Yeah. I mean, I have a badass. three hundred fifty bucks on a BlackBerry, and it's dog shit after two years. Yeah, man, I bought the G1 phone, which was like the baddest phone in the on the market. Just came out in, in October of last year. I bought it a few months ago. And now there's like the G2 and some other phones out, and you know, now it's like the piece of shit of the, of the industry. I'm like, are you kidding me? They, they told me it was like the best phone ever. <laughs> they told it to me like you, the, the girl was like, you will never need another phone as long as you live. <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap, really? And, and she was like, you can do this and this. And she started showing me the phone, and I fell in love with the phone. I was like, wow, I, I got a hard on over a phone, and I bought the phone. It was it was incredible, and now I go to the uh, to the same T-Mobile store, and you can hear them say, "Oh, that phone sucks." Now this is better yeah, than this exactly. one. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> really? But it, technology it, it moves at such a rapid pace. It's it's that's what I'm telling you. It's incredible to really fathom or think about what the government really does have in technologies that they don't share with us. How advanced they might be because we, you know they release stuff to the public in drifts, and it's moving rapidly. At, at the pace of releasing it. So imagine the stuff they really have that they're not releasing to us yet. Yeah. A classic example of that would would have been the, the slow release of GPS into the consumer yeah. industry. How the military had, you know, kind of what, what we have now, but the first consumer GPSs were all crude, and, you know, they purposely withheld the abilities that they the technology lent. And... Uh, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. You know, I'm sure it was security related. 
I, I doubt it was cover-up or conspiracy-related. I think it was just um, security-related. But now, I mean, GPS is everywhere. It's yeah, everywhere. Fucking Blackberries. Yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of those technologies at first they have to be regulated because of of the security reasons until they get the proper softwares in place that actually are able to control it properly. So people can use the technology properly without, you know, having somebody lose their identity over, you know, a GPS or something. Because GPS is, you know, what, what does GPS tell you? The information of where you are and where you're going. Right. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's uh, sensitive information. If somebody's trying to, you know, stalk somebody, for example, tap into your GPS. Uh-huh. Never know what, what way they can use that type of technology. You know, you know what's really cool, though? And this is how advanced technology is, is actually growing. And this is kind of freaked me out. I don't know if you ever saw this. I just posted it on the uh, on the chat room here. Paper thin TV screens. You say think paper about thin? Remember back in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, and 80s, and 90s, the big bulky TVs that we used to have back oh, yeah. in the days. And now they we got we got yeah the big old screens with the big old bulbs. Now of course you know we've gotten better with the HD TVs and TVs are getting a lot nicer. Sony has just created. And it's incredible, new, this new technology that is actually paper thin. Wow. I kid you not. It's it's 0.01 inch, which is exactly the, the same width as paper. Wow. I posted the link on there. If you guys want to check that out, it's incredible. Sony was the first one that actually did it. The new display actually combines two different technologies, which seem to actually have uh, uh, come directly again from an episode of Star Trek. So they say here on Sony's uh, website, uh, again, right out of Star Trek, something they, they saw, somebody saw there, and they were like, you know what, let's create that. Wow. I mean, yeah, how that, how cool is that? Paper. How would you like to have your wall walls papered with that? Oh my God, that's incredible. Be able to have wallpaper that was uh, a TV monitor capable. Yeah. That. That's just think about that for a second. That's awesome. Well, what about that glass that fogs? That's pretty cool too. The glass that fogs, which is that one? I, that one I've missed. Um, it's like glass is clear, but if you right. you know you flip the switch and it fogs, it goes to, to fogged. Like they they use it in conference rooms and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Really? Yeah, I've seen that. I know they're I know they're uh, transition glasses. I have I actually have those myself. When you go into the sun, they turn black. The, the, yeah. Oh the, yeah. The glass itself. That I thought was pretty cool when they told me about that when I went to get glasses. Uh, totally. I, I was like, really? They turn black in the sun? What? You, they shade? You're crazy. I didn't believe it. And sure enough, as soon as I wore them for the first time, I went back. I went outside, looked in the mirror. Dark. It was beautiful. I, it looked like I was walking with uh, you know shades on. That's pretty cool. Well, dude, yeah. I got to roll, man. Paper thin TVs, my friend. Yeah, actually, we yeah. have only a few minutes left. We have nine minutes left on the show. Thanks for coming out, man. And, oh, uh, yeah. Sticking around, sticking around for the most of the show here. I know your your wife had to uh, take you away <laughs> for a minute there. <laughs> but uh, no, I do appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Also, your show was great tonight, man. We're going to hear you every oh, week, thanks, right? Thank, yeah, every I'm going to try for uh, all weeknights at 9, 9 Pacific. All right, cool. Now, you're going to be on my show also as a news correspondent. Uh, yeah, the, you bet. Maybe I'll actually bring some news next time. That'll be awesome. If not, hey, you know, once we, if we have somebody not show up, we would now just shoot the shit like we did tonight and talk to yeah. your and or whatever, you know. But uh, cool, next bro. week we'll be back. You're, hopefully you can be on here with us and, uh, you know. Oh, I will. Yeah, the, for sure. UFO info on here, some strange news. Yep. 
I'm glad, like what you mentioned about the the big patch up with uh, with Rich and Tim and you and all that. That was good. I'm glad. Yes, no, and you know what? You deserve some credit in that too, man. We, uh, you know, it's funny. The whole reason I even got involved in that whole argument was because I wanted to see, you know, peace resolved between those guys. I don't like, you know, people beefing over something so stupid, mm-hmm. trivial. It's, yeah, just it's a small party. community too. Um, exactly. The blog talk community is real small, so might as well get along. Yeah, man, and you know what? I know Jesse pretty well, and I know he's a very, you know, very good dude. He's a stand-up individual. I know Alejandro, and Alejandro's going to be at that uh, convention, folks. If you guys want to meet him, he's going to be there. You can meet uh, Mr. Uh, Open Minds, Mr. Mufon himself, Alejandro Rojas. He'll be at that convention, and uh, he's a good, he's a good guy, also stand-up individual. I I always thought from the beginning it was just a misunderstanding between them, more than anything else. Yeah, and uh, you know, with with our pushing uh, Tim on uh, the chat room the other day, he went in and. You saw how easy that was? Yeah, yeah, that was. You know. <laughs> After all, all that right, bickering. Man, it's been fun, and I'll, I'll, I'll see you soon. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i be on uh, Strange Visitors here in a little while, and I don't know if you're probably going to crash out or whether it's late or in your neck of the woods or whatever. No, uh, actually, be believe, believe it or not, I'm going to be probably up all night because I don't work tomorrow. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll okay, be uh, hey, on Strange Visitors with you. <laughs> all right, I'll see, I'll see you next week on, on the show here, my friend. All right, bye. Uh, well, well, folks, that's uh, Mr. E, the stranger. Well, I'm going to be seeing him over on strangevisitors.net. Everybody get over there after the show is over. If you're not there already, I'm pretty sure some of you already migrated to that uh, website. Awesome website. If you guys are into ufology at all, into the subject that, uh, like Jesse would say, are like, you know, a little bit slightly less left of center. And just a little bit more, maybe. I don't know. If you're into those kind of subjects, check over, uh, check his website over. It's a cool website. Uh, become a member. Build your own page. I got my own page. I'm rocking it out. Uh, it's uh, got some stuff in there for my show. You can hear my show on there. If you guys you know, like what you heard tonight, cool. If not, whatever. Listen to anyway. Listen next week. Uh, I'll be back next week with Mr. Seth Wheeler, like I said, and Jamie from uh, UFO World Space. He'll be on here with us. Talk ufology as well as Mr. E the Stranger will be here with us, and uh, we'll go ahead and uh, play out some music here now. I know you guys are trying to uh, get a little request earlier. Some Michael Jackson request was going on, so I'm going to uh, go ahead and uh, make somebody's dream come true tonight. I'm going to play one of your requests. Let me see which one will it be? Which one will it be? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, damn, I have a lot of Michael Jacksons. Songs in here. Hmm. Five minutes left. Five minutes left. You know what? I think I have it. I think. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, no. Sorry, do not have Earth Song. I was going to play Earth Song, but I do not have that one. But. You know what? This is a pretty damn good song right here, if uh, if I may say so myself. So I'll see you guys next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, or whatever. You're on Block Talk Radio. Peace.
Smile. 